Vineyard. Hello, Vineyard. Good morning, good morning. Good evening, good evening. Depends when you're watching it. Exactly. This is the... Good evening. Uh, Never it, mind that I said good morning. <laughs> it, it's more of a recording than a live stream. It's, it's a podcast. And the nice thing about podcasts is you can do them whenever you want and publish them whenever you want. Yeah. So... Uh, and it makes for better production quality, really. Then yeah. the Zoom thing is very nice; has its applications. But we're all tired of Zoom. <laughs> it's, it's you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You've probably been in Zoom meetings you didn't have to be in, so we're trying to avoid that for you. This is episode eleven of season two. Can two you believe 0. that? No, it's crazy. Season two. We've, we've been doing these since April. The first season was about twenty-two episodes, so we've done over thirty episodes and still going strong. Good math skills. Thank you. Over 30, yes. And definitely under 100, somewhere in there. Um, and you just had a birthday, and now you're 30. I'm 30, Happy yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, that was. it's a birthday week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my birthday always being so close to Thanksgiving, it's just it's a great time to, to celebrate with, uh, you know, and you're, you're who s- you're allowed to celebrate with. Your sister. Has her birthday, so I want to say happy on birthday. Thanksgiving. On day. Thanksgiving, she was born uh, on, and, and it often hits on her birthday, Thanksgiving. So yeah. she's like, "Hey, they make a parade for me." So it's kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's funny. Only Sarah would say yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Boom. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we got a few questions from our Vine Press students. You can always log on to hellovineyard.com or keysvineyard.com and submit your questions. And uh, I'm going to load those up on my iPad here, and we'll get started with the first question. So, it says this, in 1 Corinthians, uh, I believe it's chapter 15, verse 6, it says, Jesus appeared to, more, and correct me if that's not the right address, but I don't see any colons. So. I think it's 1, 5, and 6. 1, 5, okay. There was, I'm just taking a shot in the dark here, but yeah, we'll go with 1, 5, and 6. No, no, that's not right either. It's 1 Corinthians 15. 6. Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm 100% sure. I'm reading okay. the whole thing now. And 3 and 4 <laughs> is the summary of the gospel. Okay. And then, then the question comes in right after that. Good. So, yeah. so uh, it, that passage, which 15, 6 is what we're going with here officially, yes. uh, it says, Jesus appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters, most of whom who are still living, through, uh, who are still living though some have fallen asleep. Uh, is he referring to the ones who fell asleep as dead people? And if that's the case, why not say that instead? Good question. Um, So, so technically, yes, they're dead. But as believers, uh, Paul makes the inference, and so does Jesus. He, he often, somebody, oh, somebody's dead, and Jesus said they're just sleeping. The idea is, um, the, uh, and Paul talks about this in other places too. As believers, okay, we, um, we actually die when we give our lives to Jesus. So... So in effect, when we go to the Jesus goes to the cross, he takes us with him. When we get our lives to Jesus, we're included in that. Paul teaches that. So um, when you've given your life to Jesus, you, you technically have already died. And your eternal life has begun. And so we have some transitions that we're going to go through. Uh, because at some point, this, this physical body will, uh, if Jesus hasn't come back, will, will be dealt with. And we will transition. Um, and, and that, the way I understand it, that transition is, if, if you know, Jesus hasn't come back yet, new heaven, new earth, all that other stuff, we will be in heaven for a while. We'll still be who we are, we'll be conscious, we'll be aware, so don't, some people think, oh, he's talking about, you don't know what's going on. <clears throat> I don't believe that. Um, you're very much aware of what's going on, and 
uh, I have this picture in my mind, and it could be wrong, just a picture that sort of one of the first things that you're going to experience is worship around the throne. And uh, it's going to be pretty amazing, and, and I don't know how long that will go on. Uh, and it might just seem like a blink of an eye until then Jesus is coming back. He's saying, okay, let's go. And new heaven and new earth comes when you'll get a new physical body. But you, uh, as a believer, you, technically you've already died in Christ. And so this is a way of sort of reminding believers that and talking about that. And <clears throat> excuse me for a minute. Oh, boy. Do we need to socially distance here? No, we're okay. Okay. So um, that's kind of the, the idea behind that. So when you read that, that's what's happening. It's a reminder to believers that we're, we're going to live forever in Jesus. And, and, uh, and so while we will um, biologically at some point die, um, you're alive forever. So uh, this is really interesting and good news. So that's the difference. That's kind of how he says that there uh, so people connect with that and, and are trying to do you know how they can understand what what it means particularly as believers and, and you know the the idea of um r- resurrection and new physical bodies was very much a, a early church worldview it kind of it kind of got kind of slipped away in the church over time but it's still you know it's what we believe it's very very um, real that that's what we're headed towards not just an escape from earth to heaven which is kind of what the church went to um, and, and is taught that, that at some point we just get a big escape and we go to heaven and that's it. We, we will transition there, but heaven comes to earth and the planet is, you know, renewed and we are going to get back into how it was supposed to be from the beginning. And it's going to be amazing. You'll have a brand new physical body. The power of death will no longer be on, on the planet. Uh, evil won't be around. And then we begin to experience the, the life and relationship that we were called to. So, so that's who he's referring to. Yes, those, those people have biologically um, passed, but, but they are still very much alive. And they're not unconscious in sleep. They, it's just a way of saying they're in that transition place until we get to see them again. Uh, and, and so that's what we're coming back to. Awesome. Great question. Uh, next one, this person clarifies that maybe it's not a super deep question, but why does Paul mention his large handwriting? Um, there's a couple of thoughts about that, um, one of the thoughts is that Paul's eyesight wasn't very good, and um, that maybe he was referring to that in other places, and it's, it's a distraction, um, and so he he has to write in in larger letters for so so that he can see it. Uh, I, others, I think, he draws attention to it because for most of his letters, he's got somebody else writing, but he will jump on at the end, and in his hand, which most people would recognize, he. He kind of yes and amens, everything's in there. So they know it's not a fake letter. It's not just someone saying that they're Paul writing the letter because he'll jump in and say, look, it's me, uh, and here you go. So um, that's most likely why it's there. It was Paul's kind of, you know, yeah, here it's me. I haven't, I've been, all of these previous letters stuff I'm saying, but I've had somebody else writing. I've had a scribe writing it, and now I'm jumping in here at the end, and I'm writing what needs to be written. So there's there's a lot of that, Paul. You know, it might have had poor eyesight, other afflictions. He was—he had a hard life. You know, he was—he was beaten a lot, um, stoned once at least. Uh, you know, shipwrecked. All kinds of terrible things happened to Paul. And he says, "I bear the marks of Christ in my body." Apparently, he—you know—he looked like the worst for wear. So, uh, so you know, it, it had, could be any of those things that were also going on. But that's pretty much going on. He's just authenticating a letter by adding his writing to it. Okay. Next one. 
what have you observed from your years of ministry uh, is the most common cross plus for us, assuming it's the church as a whole? It changes, um, and there's so many of them, uh, and it's and it's you know it's it's so it's really cross plus is the reason why there's so many sort of branches of the church um, because they there's these little points that people just can't seem to get over, and and so you know it becomes a whole other issue. So you know it can be all sorts of things. Um, uh, people take issue with and divide over. Uh, one of the big things churches divide over is music, believe it or not. Um, how much music, how, you know, how loud is the music, what type of music, all those things. And, and the reason I think that music is always under attack is because um, worship is, is huge uh, in the spiritual dynamic that we face. And the enemy used to have a lot to do with music. And so he hates it that anybody else does it. So it becomes a sticking point in churches. Um, but, you know, it, it can go from, from you know, having the what sort of rules, you know, that uh, one church will say, well, you know, you, um, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Another church will say you can do all those things. And, and um, I, I think the biggest thing we have to watch is what we start adding to what it really means to be safe. Now, we can have definite ideas on how we're supposed to live this walkout, but we have to be very careful that we're not judging people's salvation. Um, and I don't mean we can't be fruit inspectors because we can be. Uh, I, and I, I, you know, I, I just mean that we have to be very careful in in how we uh, go about those things because um, the the main thing is knowing Jesus, right? So if we start putting rules on it, well, we, we just become just like the Pharisees. And, and I said, you know, we become pretty mean pretty quickly and critical and we judge everybody else. Um, but I think what we can see is if people are loving Jesus, that we're ultimately going to see the fruit of the Spirit being developed in their lives. So we, we, we really want to be looking for that more than... So we want to see something happening more than we want to see them not doing things. That, that would, I, I think, would be a pretty big issue. We want to see life change as opposed to just a strict set of behavioral changes. Uh, and, um, a heart change. It really is what heart we're... Transplant. Something happening that's, that's got that to it. But we often look just for, okay, well, they're not doing these things anymore. So, and so we have to be really careful with what that looks like. And uh, I, as I said, I think we have to examine it ourselves a lot. We have to, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, the the issue is cross. Now, um, we need to be careful that we just don't go. Well, you know, everybody that says they're a Christian, you know, they have to come down to the gospel at least that they need Jesus, and you have to follow Jesus, and that what Jesus did was necessary, uh, and there's no other way around it. And because, unfortunately, there's a lot of churches who don't think that Jesus needed to do what he did or don't believe that he did what he did, and they, they come up with these alternatives. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that's the way that you get saved. Maybe the big cross plus is that we, we have to keep that. as That's how you get saved. And then everything else is a how we live it out issue. And we want to be careful that we don't just sort of pick one or two big sins that we go, well, you can't do those. Because, you know, um, it's not how it works. Holy Spirit is changing you from the inside out. And certainly all of us still have some areas we need to work in. So, so 
it's that. You know, it's it's kind of putting that all together. But uh, I just I just think it's a, if we don't have an awareness of the grace of God, we don't keep ourselves there. That's when we really start having trouble. Yeah. A big cross plus I've experienced from like comments and stuff is the smoke machine. <laughs> Do you really need a smoke machine yeah. to have Holy Spirit in the building? I mean, no, but they look cool. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, un- unfortunately people are like that. Like, oh, you're trying to, you know, pretend but it's it, a Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with that. It no. makes the lights look better. Yes. That's, the, that's the reason that it happens is it picks up the lights. Do we absolutely need to do those things? No, but we enjoy those things. I mean, you don't need, like, there's been cross pluses about, say, drums in church. Yeah, yeah. But you, if we go back years ago, electric guitars in church. Sure. Anything but piano and choir, you know, like, not bashing that. That's great to have that. Those aren't allowed in some churches. I mean, even... Yeah, well, I mean, especially now today, you're not allowed to have choirs, right? But, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I think there's just, we need to get back to music's a flavor, you yeah. know, and we're, we're allowed to like different flavors and yeah. stuff. And, and, and those things shouldn't... It's okay. Yeah. Oh, flavor's okay as long as it doesn't become a salvation issue. Like, right. we, we rented a church once when we were doing some off-site stuff, and they, they, um, they wouldn't let me put drums in. And, and then they finally compromised. God bless them. We could, we could use the drum, but we, had to, we couldn't leave them there and, uh, in the storage room. We had to take them out all the time. <laughs> and over time, they finally lightened up on that, too. But they were, that was their thing, and... and uh, and I get that, but I never thought because of that they weren't saved. That was just a different flavor. Right. Although they might have been questioning our salvation because we <laughs> we played with drums. So I don't know. It's it's just it's it's usually little things that cause this kind of division. Unity. So and here's I think the sad thing is Paul stresses the unity in the church as being huge, and um, you know. Unity is not possible without lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of grace. It's just not. And so, um, uh, so that sort of has to be in there. You, you, you kind of either, um, the, the, the way that it's kind of settled is how you end up with unity right now is you just, everybody follows a certain set of rules and that's it. But if you want to be really open and being led by the Spirit, then, then there, there, there has to be some grace. Because you can't sort of get it nailed down. But that's what we're looking towards. So, so that's the deal. It starts with us. Grace. Grace, 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 grace. I know what it needs. I know I need Jesus. Uh, I know people need Jesus. But um, how they sort of walk it out and the flavor of that isn't, isn't the main issue. All right. Great question. Sparked a good discussion there. Next one. And uh, this, excuse me, this idea I was sparked due to your coffee habit at the start of the message. A science of a habit, they say, is cue, craving, response, and reward. What are some cues you have in place that help you stick to reading the Bible each and every day? Yeah, and I'm, I, I know, but the, the question is that... Because you always like to take a sip All the right times I'll say, pardon me, and I'll, before I start to talk, I'll take a sip of coffee. Watch like this. Another cue he has is during the doxology, he'll cut his microphone after the first line. It's at the same spot. Every single time. So we, we've had to figure out turning up the crowd mics during that. Otherwise, it's just completely silent on the streams. If you watch the streams, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, those are habits. So, uh, and generally, I, I want to point I, out almost all I of I want that. a little sip of something before I start to speak because I'm going to talk for 20 minutes straight, and I usually don't coffee in the middle. So I will push right through unless I hit a big blank spot or something. Coffee's not great for your vocal cords. No, but it's just something. But it feels so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's sort of a habit. And you're right. There's habit. There's cues. I get up there. I'm ready for a sip of coffee. And so I, if I have a coffee or a sip of water, I get one. 
just so I get going. So what kind of habits for Bible reading? That's going to be different, and it's been different for me for all the time that I've walked with Jesus. Uh, and uh, so, which has been, I always try and figure this out now. I got saved in 1985. So, 95, 2005, 2015. I'm coming up on 40 years, but I'm at 36, 37 years. All right. So, uh, uh, the first time that I read through the Bible, I was working nights, and I was working two jobs, and I had all kinds of stuff going on. I decided I needed to read through the Bible. So, I took it out of my sleep time, which wasn't very much anyway. And I woke up an hour earlier, and I went out and sat on the couch and read. And uh, I would fight sleep, and I would do all this thing. But I, I pushed my way through it, and that sort of became the habit. Wake up, go read. That's what you do. Uh, at different times, it's taken on different looks. Um, now, pretty much the way I do my reading now is um, I, I take a lesson uh, from somewhere every morning, six days a week. And most of the lessons have a Bible reading in it. And so I will read through the Bible reading before I do my lesson. That's my, my habit. Um, and then uh, I, I often read um, through my daily strength training stuff, those, uh, which is a book that I wrote. I incorporate the daily office. That will often be the way that I read. But, um, you know, it, it, it does depend. And I, I will get into that sometimes and do that, do that, do that. And then I'll take a break because you, if you start to... You want to be careful that you don't get so rigid that you don't enjoy it. Um, so if you're reading through the Bible and then all of a sudden it starts to feel like, you know, I just change it. Change the time. Change it to a different time. Do it at the end of the day. Do it at the beginning of the day. Do it at lunchtime. Um, but just find a time that works. You do that as long as you can and then, then be willing to adjust if it starts to get difficult. Uh, and habits, you know, from what I understand about most habits is they take like three weeks. And once you get them in place for three weeks, it usually goes a lot quicker. Good, good habits. Good habits. Bad yeah. habits can happen overnight. Bad habits the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not fair. No. So, but a good habit, you have to kind of go at it for three weeks. And, um, you know, I, and reading the Bible will build on itself in that you will get to the point, if you, when you push through sort of the pushback, that I, I always talk about this happening, when you push through that, You'll really be drawn to reading the scripture. It pops open and, and then things are happening and you'll really begin to appreciate that time. So, you know, um, do what you can to get in the habit of starting it. Ask Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you. That's a big deal, you know, that you start to pray like that. Um, picture yourself at the feet of Jesus. That's very helpful. And then just continue to press through. But great question. Awesome. Next one. Uh, they want you to discuss First Chronicles chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. Uh, this is a very strange story, and they can see why David got mad with God and then afraid. Uh, did all Israel overstep their bounds by trying to bring the ark back without consulting God, although they all agreed it was a good thing to do? Uh, this is another hard passage to understand. And really, these are great questions for this. Yeah, and this, I love this question, too, because uh, it is a fascinating question. So the, the story in first, let me read it to you, because we have a few minutes. And uh, it's about the ark of God. And uh, let's see, starting in verse 6 is where the question starts. David and all Israel went to Bala of Judah, uh, Kiriath Jerim, to bring up from there the ark of God, um, the ark of God the Lord, who is enthroned between the cherubim, the ark that is called by the name. They moved the ark of God from Abinadab's house on a new cart with Uzzah and Ahio guiding it. David and all the Israelites were celebrating with all their might before God with songs, harps, lyres, timbrels, cymbals, uh, and trumpets. So worship has always had a lot going on, just so you know. 
When they came to the threshing floor of Kidon, Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah and he struck him down because he had put his hand on the ark. So he died there before God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day that place is called Perez Uzzah. Where did you... 12. David was afraid of God that day and asked, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? All right. So... They, they want to bring the Ark of God back, which is cool. It's been gone for a while, and so it's a great idea. So why did it seem to go so wrong? Well, uh, as you continue on reading in First Chronicles 15, you will find that there was a, a prescribed way to move the Ark of God. That, that in, in the Bible, there was a way. This is how you move the Ark. And it had to do with the Levites... And, and the Levites would come in to move the ark with pole. And, and apparently the way the ark was designed, it had places for the pole to slide through in the rings. And it wouldn't go on a cart. It would, it would go, and they would, they, and they would, um, I think I'm on camera. So the understanding I have is they would back in to it like this, in reverence, and, and with the pole. And they'd get the pole in, and then they'd pick it up on their shoulders, all of them, and they'd, they'd go out. And there would be sacrifices that were happening as they would do that and all those things. Well, um, they didn't do it that way. They said, hey, we want the ark. That seems like a good thing to do. Let's go just build a new, we'll just build a nice new cart. And we'll toss it on there. And uh, off we go. Well, when, <laughs> when God, God has a plan for things, it's usually best to try and figure out what that is. So, uh, uh, and so you can read all of that in First Chronicles 15. Where did it? Uh, here, he, in First Chronicles 15, um, he makes a place in verse 1. Uh, he prepared a place for the ark of God, pitched a tent for it. Verse 2, then David said, no one but the Levites may carry the ark of God because the Lord chose them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister before him forever. So he's gone back and someone has pointed out to him, you know, the problem that you had was you were doing it with a without consulting God and you weren't doing it God's way. And when you don't do things God's way, there's often some fallout that happens. And perhaps you've experienced that in your own life. Um, uh, there's a way to do things. And you can do things God's way or you can do things your way. And if you do things your way, oftentimes there's some, some consequence to that whole thing. You can see that throughout history. So that's really the issue that's going on here. There was a prescribed way to do something. God had a way to do it. And they didn't, they didn't do it. And so once they figured it out and sort of got right with the program, then they, they move the ark and everything goes well. And um, if, you, if you read, uh, where did they take it? I think if in, uh, yeah, yeah, finish, uh, finish chapter 13, I like it. because So, so the ark, you know, they don't know what to do with it. So they, they take it to the house of Obed-Edom. And I always think, uh, you know, Hey, Why would you we, bring that here? Well, you want to watch his ark? Just make sure nobody touches it. Keep your kids away from it. Yeah. But uh, Obed-Edom's household is blessed the whole time it's there. And uh, 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 it was there three months, and the Lord blessed his household and everything else. So apparently they, they, you know, they, they knew you know, what they needed to be doing. But that's really the issue in that story is there was a way something needed to happen, and they just figured they'd make their own way, and there was consequences because there usually is. So uh, that is a great story, though, and, and um, that was kind of what was going on. But great question, way to pick it up. Yeah, because they're trying. It looks like, hey, we're doing a good thing, God. We're getting the ark back, yay. And then, you know, it doesn't go well. So there you go, good question. Awesome. All right, next one. Got a few more to do. Paul warned that we shouldn't add anything to the gospel. Our human tendency, like you pointed out, 
still naturally tries to add it due to a lack of fully understanding the depth of God's grace. Uh, Is the theology, the study of your cross plus, just an incomplete understanding of the gospel message in an area that we need to mature in spiritually, or is it an incorrect gospel? Uh, They're asking specifically about incorrect versus incomplete for their conversations with their Catholic friends. Yeah, so uh, I always want to be careful because I I don't want to insult chunks of the church. Um, Here's here's the issue. So it would be incomplete because... uh, a lot, a lot of times they just don't know because they haven't read for themselves and figured it out. And also incorrect because over time the church has added a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and, and not just the Catholic Church. Every church has added stuff. All right? So, so there's both of those things. Where, where you have an issue is, is if they start looking to the things they've added as a way of salvation, that's a big problem. There's only one way. And that's Jesus and what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That's the only way to be reconciled to God. The only way. Nobody else can do it. Not, not any other person. Not any saint. Not anything. Not any idol. Not any other formula. Nothing. Only Jesus. And that's really what we have to get to. So if, if a group has is, is got a lot of other rituals and practices going on, we can amen that as long as they love Jesus. You know, it's fine. Um, when, 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 if I'm in a different setting, like say a different church, mostly what I'm looking for is, is Jesus, you know, here, uh, that's really what I want. And, 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 you know, what I'm looking for. And even if they're doing things way differently than I might do, I'm looking, is he still the center and the focus? Um, cause that's what it has to be. So I, I would say that's how you address that is our people um, looking to anything else for salvation except Jesus. Are they coming up with alternate ways? That's a big problem because there isn't alternate ways. So, so yeah, so there would be, it could be either incorrect um, in some cases and incomplete because some people just don't know yet and they've been told, well, this is how. And so they need to know for themselves, no, this is what the Bible says about that. Uh, and, and this is it. And there's, there's no other ways. You don't get to add to those things. Awesome couple more. Uh, is the eternally condemned warnings in Galatians chapter 1 verses 7 through 8 similar to the warnings found in Revelations chapter 22 verse 19? Yeah, and the warnings are about adding things to the gospel. Uh, and, and, you know, some of that is uh, talking about, you know, adding, adding things into the, t- the text, adding on, which is all cross plus stuff. And, and I just sort of addressed that in the last question. And, um, yeah, if the reason that you would be eternally condemned is that if you don't get a hold of the way to be reconciled to God, the opposite happens. And so um, if someone adds to it and then starts to deceive people, and you know that's a big problem. Uh, and I would say the problem is not only for the people who aren't coming in, it's for the people who have said, hey, here's another way. Um, and, and so those would sort of be the issues. So we want to be very careful that uh, we keep our gospel simple, um, that we keep it biblical, and that we be careful not to add things to it. So, and, and yet, I, I keep saying that we do. So we have to be very much aware of that and then do our best not to become like that. And so grace, 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 it's a big, huge part of this. By grace, you've been saved through faith, not by work, lest anyone should boast. Paul said, I don't want to boast in anything but the cross. Um, that's everything that, that we need to stay focused on. Stay focused there, and then God takes care of all the rest of the stuff. But 
Yeah, if people don't hear and respond to the gospel, it's a big problem. Eternally, right? Good question. All right, last one. It's a, it's a pretty good one. Not that they're all not good, but... Uh, I liked the introduction of Cross Plus, this person says. It's kind of fun thinking of Cross Pluses that they've encountered throughout their lives. Uh, as for their question, uh, the, the passage that they're referencing is uh, the first letter of John, chapter 5, verse 17, out of the ESV translation. Uh, do you know why, they, why John says this and what point he's trying to get across? Where he says, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. Yeah, so if you read First John, all of it... Um it's really interesting. It has to do with sin. Uh, and um, uh, The issue is really living in the overlap. Let, let me put it that way, because I've been talking about that. So if you've been watching any of the message, you hear me talk about that. As believers, we live in this tension, the overlap between heaven and earth. And because we're, as believers, we're now filled with the Spirit, we're empowered to make choices not to sin. So we have what we need not to do what we shouldn't. However, we still will choose to do what we shouldn't sometimes. And, and um, this is what he's talking about. I believe the difference between the things would be that the, the one that would lead to death, the, the ultimate thing would be not coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That, that's, that's, the, it, that's the end. Um, but that we will still fall short because if, you, if you're not careful how you read First John... You might think that he's saying that Christians no longer sin, and um, that's not we still do. However, another thing that you need to understand is our identity has changed as well in Christ, and so our image is restored. And so, um, before we knew Jesus, our identity was from the enemy, and he was all about sin. And so we were just as we sinned, we were just living out our identity. That's who we were. But in Jesus now we have we have you know we have a new identity which is not that sinful identity, and so we're making choices. And a lot of the issue with people in sin is they got so used to choosing the sin that they don't realize how much power they have from the Holy Spirit to choose not to, and that He will help us, and He does. Uh, and this is a process that takes place over time. Um, and I would say you know that if you've been walking with the Lord for anything, you'll find out that the things that used to sort of beset you shouldn't any longer or don't and there's other things that you're still working on and um you, you know hopefully you know hopefully it's coming down to you know in your life that you know you're still working on your thought processes and those kind of things and trying to keep those things in check but you've you've made some advancement and yet you know there's it's, we got our whole life to, to work this out i'm not licensing center making excuses for it there's just a difference so because some people would get so rigid like i've had Discussion with people that say, well, if I'm speeding and, and not doing the speed limit and going over the speed limit and I get in an accident and die, then I'm probably not going to make it to heaven because I really? was... Really? Yeah. Oh. I, and I have to go like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you could be going two miles per hour over well, the speed and, limit. And it, but it's not the issue. It's not that. It's not your performance. See, you see how big a cross plus that is? That they've added... I have to be right all the time or I'm not going to heaven. And none of us can live there. What gets you into heaven is knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how you get. That's your eternal life there and not just heaven. Everything. It's all in about your relationship with Jesus. Are you perfect this side of heaven? Absolutely not. Are, are, does that give you, well then what difference? I'll go and do whatever. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm going to try and walk this thing out, yielding to the Holy Spirit 
and living life like he's called me to. But there will be times when I fall short, and then I'm going to confess that and get that right, and I'm going to press on again, and watching that he changes me. But um, can, can you imagine, and so maybe, I know a lot of people that live under stuff like that. If I'm outside of the will a little bit, and, and I, I die, does that mean I'm not going to heaven? I, you know, because we can't live like that. Then nobody's going to make it. So, um, th- so that's where you begin to rest in. No, this is if you if you believe in your heart that that Jesus did what He did on the cross and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's where that's how it works. But you you know you have to own that. And take that. And I think we had a question last week where you know is it just praying a prayer? No, it's a whole living it out thing because because it, it should make a difference. Life changing. All those things are taking place. So. Awesome. Great questions. Thank you for those. Uh, we'll segue into our church segment of the podcast. Keep in step. Part six is coming up. We're at part six. And then uh, the following weekend, uh, Pastor Billy's preaching. So, um, y- you know, we'll be able to do the podcast. You're just going out of town for right. a wedding that weekend. But why don't you give us a little sneak peek into chapter six? What we'll be reading? What should we be reading? Heading part up six. To the Galatians there. 2. And uh, Paul's going to talk about a conversation he has with Peter, and and uh, he's because he's, Peter has stopped eating with the Gentile believers because certain Jewish believers have shown up, and this is having a huge impact on the early church. So Paul's going to address him on that, and and see that's he cross plussed Peter did because all of a sudden he, he used to eat with them and now he won't. And um, table fellowship is a big deal on, as whether or not you belong to the family. And, and so Peter was making, it was very important in the church, all these Gentile believers feel like they were not part of the family because he wouldn't eat with them any longer. So Paul's got to go after him uh, and straighten some of that mess out because initially uh, Peter had understood that and been there. And, uh, and so we're going to be talking about who are the covenant people of God. And, and that sort of leads into Galatians 3. Um, and the, the covenant people of God are people that know Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how that works. Not people that follow Torah, the, the law. Because it, and I have to explain this, and people get very careful with this, but Jesus fulfilled it. It doesn't mean that it's not relevant, but it was a, it was a way to live that set the people of Israel apart from every other nation. And, and it was there until Jesus comes. And then once Jesus came, the law has done its job. It's, it, it's, it's not that it wasn't, it, it just has done its job. And now Jesus has come, he's fulfilled it, and the Holy Spirit now is, is leading us and guiding us, and all this stuff's on our heart now. And so there's this transition that happens. And Paul's got to bring that in, and we've got to get a hold of that. It ties back into Cross Plus, and it moves us forward into uh, what we'll be looking at in, in the weeks ahead. Cause, so Billy's going to preach, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to do one more of these. Uh, that would be on the 13th, because yeah. it's really cool. That'll be in Galatians 3. I'm really and looking forward to that. after that, it's the weekend before Christmas. The, the 20th, so I'll be doing a, a Christmas <laughs> message the 20th, and I'll probably do another Christmas message the 27th, or New Year's message in there, and then we'll hop back in either... Um, Either that first weekend in January or the next one, but probably the first weekend, and I'll be back in because uh, I, I, I hope you get, when you start seeing how Scripture comes alive 
and how you apply it to your life, my hope is you go, oh, that's so cool, and that, that you want to get back into it, and I don't want to get too far off of it. But I do need to change up for Christmas because... It's you know, Christmas. It's Christmas. And uh, I want to talk about peace, hope, love, joy. And uh, I usually do that for an entire month, and I'll probably put that into a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, uh, this weekend is the first Sunday in Advent. It is? Or this Sunday, I should Amazing, say. Amazing, right? It's, yeah, Advent time, and I think we all could use a little bit of that hope of what's coming. Hope, there's peace, a savior on the joy, way. love. I think we need all those things. So um, usually give you a sneak peek into the worship set for the weekend, and uh, we are bringing in an Advent song for this, this weekend. Um, my wife's going to be leading Come Thou Long, Expected Jesus. We did a version by Meredith Andrews last year, so we're going to be doing that one again. We really like that version. It's upbeat and good. Uh, and then uh, I'll be leading Come Out of That Grave. We did that one a couple weeks ago. That's like a great it. song. Your mommy really likes that song. That's a great song. And then um, Micaiah will be with us this weekend. She's going to be leading a new song by Kim Walker Smith called Protector. R- really good song. So you can look that one up. And uh, my wife will be ending us with revivals in the air, doing that one again. So uh, that's the set for this weekend. Good, good set. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be and I, I noticed, too, that uh, Kurt put up another video on YouTube, another music video uh, of Kimberly singing. Um, uh, you Meet Me Here. By really well done. Here. If you get a chance, go and watch the videos, the, the worship videos that we're putting on YouTube, the, our YouTube channel. Keith I think Vineyard. we've got about half a dozen so far. Yeah, maybe seven. There. Yeah. Um, they're all really well done, yes. and uh, you know we're we're always working on upgrading our our gear for that, and you'll be seeing changes on our online platforms soon. Always trying to make things yeah. we've look been, more we've aesthetic been, and run smoother. We've been adding things. The only thing they're kind of trials, so sometimes yeah. you'll see me showing up. My face will be on camera, and there won't be any sound to it. <laughs> and, because and if the audio doesn't work, it's because anybody who can fix it is doing something else. Yeah, yeah. So, but we're we're but, working on it. I, I'm figuring out automation stuff yeah. where it will work smoother. So. You know, the thought behind it is uh, we really do want to engage our online audience in in a really sort of live kind of way, uh, and yet you know I, we can't have. <laughs> a dozen people making that happen. So we have to figure out in advance how we can do it, ultimately so I can just hit a button and pop on when I want to in a couple of cameras that we have placed. So we're moving towards that. We think it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just to give us some time as you see it. If it's not, if it's not, it's not glitch-free yet. If it's yet. not working, we're just, you know, it's a, it's a trial run. It's yeah. <laughs> and we're also making some pretty major upgrades here very soon to our website and app. So uh, be looking forward yes. to those. I think with that, uh, any events coming up? Movie night soon. That's going to be December 4th. December 4th, there's a movie Nutcracker night. Nutcracker and the Four Baptism rounds. on the 12th. OMY still on the 2nd of December. We're going to try doing the first Wednesday there, you know, masks and... Christmas Eve candlelight services on... December 24th. There you go. Very good. Good day to put them. It is. That's that's the day to do them. 4.30, and 7.30. Yes. Candles are here. You can either come before dinner, after dinner, or, you know, eat maybe dinner dinner. at midnight. Or you fast for Christmas Eve so you can pig out on Christmas Day. Lots of options. We'll live stream those, too. So if you're not comfortable going in the room, uh, make sure you have a candle by your TV and you can, you know, light it up with us. Yeah. Or if you're in an apartment where you're not allowed to have candles, so you can make candle apps. So you Get the candle app on your phone. Yeah, that's uh, This podcast is made possible by you guys, the church, Keys Vineyard Church. Uh, we're so thankful to be a part of it. Keep checking out the Online Bible Institute, the Jesus Moment Bible Institute. Uh, log on to onlinebibleinstitute.org. Sign up for classes. 
Uh, get your diploma. We're still over 1,200 1,215 students, students. From all over the and world. And I have four waiting. I've got to go home and register four more. So we'll be up An to 1,219. Awesome ministry that you guys make possible. And uh, yeah, so I think we'll end it there. Goodbye, Vineyard. Goodbye, Vineyard. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.